The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And head on over to puntandpass.com, your number one destination for all things college football. Yeah, we'll put our picks back up. I know I went 0-5 a week ago, but I'm still 8-7 and on the season. I did win my lock. Aaron, you're 8-7 and on the season as well. 0-3 on the lock. We have got to get that back this week. We will. We will. Puntandpass.com. Get some merch. Check out our blog. YouTube page is up there. Our YouTube page is crushing it right now. I really didn't expect that, but I absolutely love it, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. At Puntandpass on Twitter and Instagram. Puntandpass.com. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. You already know it by now. The simplest way to play daily fantasy and the most exciting way. You can even do single stat props now. Use the promo code PUNT for 100% deposit match up to $100. It is so easy to sign up. Download the Prize Picks app on the Apple Store or Google Store for your Android. Or go to prizepicks.com on your laptop. Let me tell you this. I, I've been super cold on Prize Picks lately, Aaron. Cold. And last year, I was hot, the complete opposite. So I was going up to Boston this week. I was on the plane Sunday afternoon. I knew I'd be on the plane when the 425 games kicked off. So before I took off, I placed a prize picks three-way power play for the Chargers-Cowboys game. I did my research. I knew this is the game I was going to be watching. So I did a first-half NFL three-pick power play. It's my favorite thing to do. I went over Zeke Elliott. It was like 30 yards in the first half Mm -hmm. rushing. I went over Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, like 34 yards rushing. They both blew that over like in the first quarter. I'm like, sweet. So I go under Dak Prescott, like 159.5 passing yards. Starts out hot out of the gates, and then they start running the ball even more in the second quarter. Well, the Chargers put together like this eight-minute drive to end the first half i am loving it i'm celebrating i mean it was a pretty decent size wager on prize picks if i had to tell you how much it is it's very similar to what i always say if you get a 100 deposit match up to your first 100 so yeah. i'm sitting there going sweet this is gonna be great well i'm getting off the plane the chargers are taking the clock all the way down to four seconds they're gonna try a field goal to run out the first half they missed the field goal it's like a 46 yarder i'm like okay Dak needs like 60 yards in one play. They throw a Hail Mary. They don't get a touchdown, but it's caught right before the goal line. He goes over uh, 159 and a half passing yards, so I lost. Hey, listen, nothing is, is worse of a feeling than the, what was it, that 16-team parlay? The guy won the first 15. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all he needed was the Detroit to win, and I say all he needed. I mean, they're playing the Packers, and the Packers are extremely pissed off after the first loss of the season. And luckily, he still they still gave him one hundred what thirty yeah thousand dollars yeah. So I guess the rule was it was on BetMGM. Yep. Um, since it was a promo play, it was not a credit play. It was a promo play of like twenty five dollars on a sixteen team parlay. He didn't have the opportunity to cash out. Most times, sports books would be like, "Hey, if you want out now before we'll the this. Lions play the Packers on Monday Night Football." We'll let you cash out. That opportunity wasn't there. I guess it got so viral on social media that they paid him out like 130 grand. Yeah. That's Good for cool. him. Come on, price pick. Step 16, up. 15 out of 16, though. That's Ooh. unbelievable. 
That's unbelievable. Prizepicks.com. We'll get to our prize picks later on in the show. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. We love prize picks. All right, week four on deck of the college football season. We are rocking and rolling, Aaron, back in the studio. Great to see you. I know uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, as our producer Dan said, back from the West Coast. You're driving up to Western Kentucky this weekend. Indiana against Western Kentucky. Indiana looking for a little bounce back. After their loss to Cincinnati, which was my lock. How about news and notes? Let's just dive right into this. I'm watching ESPN yesterday. Heather Denich. Um, she's Heather Denich. I don't know. I mean, I, I watch her on Get Up. I see her on she's College everywhere. Football Live. I can't turn she's on the TV or she writes ESPN on ESPN without seeing something from her. She's her. everywhere. She, she better be getting paid some money because she's... She's working overtime. Good for her. I think the first time I ever agreed with her in the history of her coverage of college football, she's very much against Deion Sanders being named the next coach at Southern Cal. Yeah, she's I'm like, this you. doesn't make sense. They need somebody who knows how to build a football program. They need somebody with some experience. And then our buddy Paul Feinbaum, in the next breath, says Deion Sanders is the perfect fit. He'd be unbelievable at Southern Cal. I don't know. This rumor is picking up steam. Uh, this is like silly season during week four of an actual college football season. Do you think Dion could hire a staff, be like the CEO slash principal slash face of the program, and do what USC needs? Because as of right now, I, I just can't see that, Aaron. No, I, I don't think that's the right move for them. Listen, I love what Dion Sanders is doing right now um, and, and, and doing a great job. But this is a different beast going to USC, and it's a different set of pressures. Uh, it's a different amount of work. I think he's in a great spot. And like I said, I love what he's doing with HBCU, um, doing a great job there. They're winning games. He's, he's you know, We did a great little piece on him and Eddie George at CBS a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just what they're doing to give back and promote and promote these kids in these schools to, to raise more funds um, and to mentor them. And I think that's the number one thing. They just want to be great mentors for the next generation of football players. So I think they're in a great spot. I don't know if he would want to leave to go to USC. I don't think it's the right fit. You know how I feel. I think my top two guys are still Eric Bieniemy, who I think that's getting even more and yeah. more looks okay. left and right. Okay. I think that, to me, that's number one. If, if you don't go after Eric Bieniemy, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and then Lane Kiffin still. Especially if Lane wins in the next two weeks. You want to talk about some interesting news, though, because we talked about this yesterday on my show on Sirius. Yeah, please. Because of the whole, you know, hey, have you seen who Lane's following on social media? His oh, one, my his God. His one follower. Well, he, he added now? two. He's, it's, it's Matt Corral. Well, did, you, did you not see this? No, I have not seen this. Please so, fill me so in. So Lane, Lane Kiffin, if you go on his social media. I'm going right now. One follower two days ago, Arch Manning. He's following one person, Arch Manning. <laughs> then after Brilliant. that, he got some buzz, so then he started to follow Matt Corral as well. But, you know, if he does find a way to get Arch, maybe that's some reason for him to stay at Ole Miss. But I think if he gets if he gets an offer or gets some talks from USC, I think he would look at it. Those are still my top two. <laughs> Dion, I love what you're doing. Stay where you're at. I don't know if he's ready for, for that next big... I mean, that's a big jump from where he is currently yeah. to going to USC. A big jump. I mean, Huge that's like jump. going from peewee football to a Super Bowl champion football team yeah. in regards to level of coaching, level of responsibility. The guy is 6-4 and four as a head coach. Yeah. Okay? That, that's not what USC needs. I, I still like Steve Sarkeesian. Let me ask you this. I keep Sark hearing... Sark is not leaving. He should leave. Everyone keeps picking these coaches that are in great jobs... Is Texas a great job? Texas is a great job. Even though they're moving to the SEC. It's a great job. I think that makes it a more intimidating job. It's even more money for that that, that school that doesn't need any more money. I keep hearing you say Eric Biennemi. Tell me this. I I hear the reason why Eric Biennemi has not gotten a head coaching job yet since he was the head coach at Colorado, University of Colorado. Obviously, he's been one of the hottest names in the NFL. I heard he doesn't interview well. And I heard he's not necessarily a quote-unquote leader of men. So if you are is, Mike Bone, the, the athletic which director, which I disagree at SC, with, I was around him I know. for so multiple that's why I'm years. You. you talk to anyone in that in that building at, in Kansas City, I think they would disagree with you in that statement of leader of men or not. I I still am shocked. So the Texans' heads coach, um, who was my <laughs> I don't even one, know the guy's name, but I know who you're talking about. Yes, keep going. Why am I drawn? But he was actually our receiver coach. When I was in Kansas City. David Coley. And he got the job. I'm like, how the hell does he get the job over EB? I mean, like, 
nowhere near in my mind just being around both of them anywhere qualified or more qualified than EB to be the next head coach. And then, you know, fast forward last weekend, makes one of the most boneheaded decisions I've ever seen in my life. Did you see this one? Uh, the Texans game? Yes. No. So it is third and eight, or third and eight, third and ten. And it's like a six-yard completion, gets the fourth and two. Penalty um, was accepted, or there was a penalty on the play. Okay. Would have backed it up to third and 13. Yeah. He declined it, said, no, we'll just punt. (laughs) He said, decline the penalty, we'll go to fourth down, and then give you the ball back. Yes. Instead of saying, accept the penalty, third and 13, we get one more shot. Yes. Why the hell would any head coach ever do that? I don't even think I've ever heard of that. No. No. <laughs> okay. But I mean, the fact that they picked him over EB uh, is just so maybe there is. Maybe there is some something to yeah. you saying that he doesn't interview well with these teams. But I'm just saying as as a as a person who knows football, as a player's coach, what I've seen and been around in the locker room, you see the respect from the guys. You know he knows ball being under Coach Reed and, and, and helping call plays there in Kansas City. I love that I love that pick, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, we will I, see. I just, I think we both can agree. Dion is not the move. I, I would agree with he's you. He's not on ready that. for. He's not ready for that jump. And I, th- you know, it's not like they're choosing a head coach in the next couple weeks. I mean, these rumors are only going to continue to matriculate throughout the entire season. But hey, USC comes back and, and gets a big win last week, so we will see what happens. But Heather Dinich, I'll just refer to her. She probably will be on my TV for the next seventy-five the straight podcast. days. We should get her on the podcast and just let her talk the whole time. You know, she's so busy. We had her on our show in the afternoon, and, you know, usually we run a little bit light with the guests. Yeah. And so if you come on at 4, we're going to, in, in the segments from 4 to 4.15, we're usually going to try to keep you to 4.20. Yeah. You know, especially if they're a good guest. 4.12, she goes, guys, I got to go. I got my next interview in three minutes. Bye. And, and she's just, just jumped in right the off. car wash. Just oh, she just on, every off, day, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, my God, woman. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Must be nice to be wanted. She's definitely wanted, I can tell you that much. All right, who else is wanted? Uh, a specific wide receiver at the University of Georgia who's not going to be hitting the field anytime soon is George Pickens. JT Daniels had some media time yesterday, Wednesday of this past week, and he spoke at length with the Georgia Beat. And, and the Georgia Beat writers continuously write about, ask about, inquire about George Pickens. We all know George Pickens tore his ACL during spring practice this year. JT had very, very nice words to say about George. Hey, if anybody wants George back on the field, it's me. He's one of the best, if not the best wide receiver I've ever been around. That's high praise for a guy like JT who's been at Southern Cal and now at Georgia. The question is always from the media, is he ready? Is he getting better? Could he play in 2021? And to JT Daniels credit, he was like, guys, there's more important things for George to focus on right now than getting on the field in the next eight weeks. He is an NFL caliber wide receiver. Why the hell would he ever rush to get back on the field at Georgia? He tore his ACL in March. He tore his ACL He's legitimately seven back. months ago. He can't come back, right, no. Aaron? I mean, you have well, experience like, oh, with this everyone's issue. Like, oh, he's actually running straight ahead. Listen, running straight ahead is just the very beginning of being able to get anywhere <laughs> near being competitive on the football field. And, and you know, I'm going to go to someone, a, a receiver position that different injury, but someone last year, a big name in, in Jalen Waddell, who worked his tail off from that bro- broken leg, yes. ankle, whatever it was, to be able to play in the national championship. And it was one of the hardest things to watch him get on the football field. Because he's, he's hobbling. It was hard to watch. It's hard to watch. You're like, please, just get off the field. Yes, you played one play. You got one catch. Get your butt off yeah. the field. Yeah. Because he didn't look good at all. He did not. And he, he was not ready to go out there and play. George Pickens come back from an ACL, a guy who does have an opportunity to be a, a top two or three round draft pick in the NFL next year, is not going to risk that coming back from an ACL injury too soon. Top two or three round draft pick with but but you say that knowing if he gets healthy enough and shines and does combine does proto he could sneak into first round depending on not, a team's need. But he's not a freaky athlete where he's going to ball out in the combine. I would agree, like he's especially not, he's not, coming off a torn he's, ACL. He's not going to run a four four. He's not going to go out there and be blazer. He's not a super quick twitch guy, so his five ten five is not going to be great. 
Um, I don't know exactly what his vertical is. He's a lengthy guy. He he looks good, but I'm saying his numbers aren't going to be something that's going to. You see all these receivers every year. You know, second, third, fourth round guy goes to the combine, runs a four three four four, crazy vertical, crazy five ten five. And like, oh my god, his abilities yeah, here. Yeah, we're going to take him in the second round now. That that's not George Pickens. What you see is what you get. And you know how I feel about him. I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a first-round caliber guy. I think he's more second, third round, which if you're a second, third-round pick, well, I'm not bitching about that. Hell you're making no. great money. Yeah, absolutely. I just Especially not playing an entire season. I mean, that's that's who he is. So take it or leave it. But I just I I'm not anticipating him coming back. You know, we've talked to people in the program and we've heard rumors about, you know, there's a lot of people in his ear right now as well telling him. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Yeah. Fat payday coming yeah, soon. Yeah, for sure. Don't do it. Yeah, this is JT Daniels' quote. Quote, I think he's doing well. I think he's getting healthier by the day. Like you said, he's out there running with us now. He's feeling really comfortable. He's getting his comfortability back. I feel like having him around the team is going to allow the wide receiver group to go to the next level like we're capable of doing. But with him around, it's going to bring a lot more excitement to the team, a lot more energy and stuff like that, because that's what he brings as a player. Just him being around there, it shows. You know, I again, he had surgery in late March. Guys, he's not playing in 2021. Media, please stop asking Kirby Smart and JT Daniels and Todd Munkin about George Pickens and if he has the opportunity to play this season because one, it ain't good for him. Two, it's not really humanly, physically possible, I would think, Aaron. And three, you bring up a great point. I mean, hell, you can walk straight right after you tear your ACL just because he can yog straight ahead does not mean he will be ready to play. No. In the next eight to get ten hit, weeks. cut, hell, go no. up and make a play. No, I don't know. I just I always see it, and it comes up like every two or three weeks. And I'm like, please stop. Doesn't make sense. That's just my thought process. But I do like the efficiency of Georgia's offense right now, especially when JT Daniels is in the football game. And do we really need him right now? No. No, you really we don't. don't. In, in, in the next three weeks, say Vanderbilt. Obviously, this weekend's going to be like a like a exhibition game for the dogs. The next three weeks, if you add in the bye week and the Florida game after that, that's the season for Georgia. Home versus Arkansas at Auburn. It's a home tough, versus it's a Kentucky. T- this is this is the meat of the season when it comes to actually yes. playing legitimate talent. I mean, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri. That that that's that's a good five weeks of football. Yeah. Is there anyone in that, that schedule that, that Georgia should lose to? No. I mean, they should go in and win all those football games. But if they do fall asleep and play like crap, I think any one of those teams could possibly upset them. But they, they're not... Once again, their schedule is so favorable. They don't have to play LSU. Yep. They don't have to play uh, A&M. They don't have to play Alabama. So... And then in, in some of these games, too, I mean... Arkansas is a good team, but you get them at home, so you got to take advantage of that. The one thing I do worry about: noon kickoff. Yeah, for Georgia, Kirby's zero and one at noon kickoffs for his ranked opponents. I believe someone told me it has to be his first year against Ole Miss in Mississippi. They got their ass whooped. I remember watching that game. Oh my goodness! So that's that's a small sample size, but I'm just it, reason enough to look around and say you better get ready to roll. Um, I do like that the game is in Athens. That will be an 11 a.m. body clock kickoff time for Arkansas. Georgia just has better dudes than the Razorbacks have right now. Um, I will say, though, confidently, I think that game will be closer than the Auburn game. I'll tell you that right now. I think Georgia takes care of business at Auburn, um, and I worry. Mm, See, the good thing about both those teams, Arkansas and Auburn right now, is they're playing well defensively, very well defensively. They get that, That's the strength of their team. And the weakness of Georgia is the offense still. It's, I mean, the, the, our defense is number one. I, yeah. I, I would still say we are middle of the pack SEC when it comes to offenses at the moment. And I do think those two squads boast not Georgia caliber defense, but top five defenses in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would have to agree with you on that. So, yeah, it's it's getting ready for crunch time for, for Georgia Bulldogs football. And it starts next week with which the huge home like. game. Which I like, of course. Of course. I, it goes back to like people last week with Alabama. Like, oh my God, they played a close game to Florida. What's going on? Is Alabama that good? Why are people complaining about good football games? I like, agree do, with do, you. Do you want to turn on to Alabama football every single week 
and be done with the game at halftime. Like, no. okay, like I want to watch good football games. Like I want to be entertained for four quarters and see something come down to the last drive. Yep. Make a kicker. Yes. Shake his little butt off to kick a forty-yard field goal to win. I like <laughs> I to see the terrified you. kickers. Like, why? Why? Why That's do you mean. want to see blowouts? I want to see good football games. Do you agree with the moral victory of Florida? I mean, I know your best no. buddy's Dan Mullen, but they were down twenty-one to three, right? They did show some grit, got yeah. back in that football game. Um, Alabama cannot run the football like they have in the past and take over a game when they are up 21 to three, which has been their MO in years past, Mm -hmm. which is just demoralizing for any football team. If you give Alabama an 18 point lead, the game is over. Um, and and Florida fought their way back. They obviously did not convert and get the big W, but now it's like, Oh wow. Florida's great. I don't know. To me, um, I, I just, I don't buy into that. It was a great game. I'm, it I'm gives me a little bit more that. confidence saying that po- that they could be the number two team in the East because I've loved the way Kentucky yeah. started the season. They yeah. obviously love what Kentucky did last week. They're going to have those games against lesser opponents where you just don't show up, but you, you manage a way to scrap and win the football game. I still don't know who wins between Kentucky and Florida, but it gives me a little bit more confidence saying, okay, I, slight edge to Florida right now based on the way they played against Alabama. It's going to, yeah, I uh, just uh, totally agree. Totally agree. Good game last week. I don't really buy into the moral victory for Florida, but uh, it was good to see Alabama at least shake a little bit. One thing that we haven't talked about much through the first four weeks of punt and pass, it's something that I have to bring up before we get to our prize picks, It's just how bad officiating is. I, I, officiating in college football is so poor, and I just want to go back to last week. Another horrible targeting call came up where there's absolutely no nuance. There's no gray area. Multiple, multiple. Multiple. And then I know we touched on it briefly on Monday, but the outrageousness of the Mississippi State-Memphis punt return for a touchdown. I mean, are you kidding me? Look, that is what you practice as a punt coverage team. If you get the ball— and you touch the ball, you make sure the ref throws the beanbag down, maybe throws his hands up, then you know you're good to go. Because in the rules of football, the benefit for that Memphis punt returner to run and catch that ball after Mississippi State had touched it first is that he cannot lose possession, right? So if he runs and scrambles it and somebody swats that out of his hand, the play's over, right? Memphis gets the ball back. That's why he did that. That was a great heads-up play by him. But the referee was running with his arms over his head, signaling the play dead. The ball Through the beanbag. Through the beanbag. Yes. Placed the ball. (laughs) The kid, to his credit, I mean, he turned the Jets on and went 80 the other way. And it's like, oh, sorry, that's a touchdown. What? The, the referee was calling the play dead actively. And then they said, nope, touchdown the other way. It's like, what? How can you do and that? that? Like, I mean, Mississippi State should be undefeated right now. It's unfortunate for them. And and, and listen, the, the, the team took the blame. Um, you know, they said, listen, we have to make sure that we just – I guarantee if you watch them this week on punt coverage, they're going to pick the ball up and squeeze it like a little baby. I'd chuck it into the stands, and I if too. I was Mike Leach, I would have said that referee should get fired. Like, right at the end, be like, that referee should lose his job. That is so piss poor. I'm worried. I have a bigger issue with the targeting. You know, I, I got Indiana this week. They were rolling on Indiana, or excuse me, on Cincinnati. You're locked the week last week. I mean, just crushing their soul in the first quarter and a half. Their best linebacker. Micah uh, McFadden, absolute stud, gets called with a BS targeting call, and he's kicked out of the game. Kicked Horrible out. Horrible targeting you call. You lose your best, your leader on your defense, your best pass rusher, the guy that gets you set up, and all of a sudden Cincinnati goes on a run. I mean, listen, they should have played better defensively. You can't just go to crap because you lose your best defender, but it hurts. It hurts to lose your leader for that kind of play. There needs to be, and it goes back to what happened with Auburn. What am I supposed to do, coach? Let the guy score a touchdown? Like, the guy's going into the end zone. He's down at my ankles. There's only one spot to hit him. Am I supposed to just stand there and let him get in the end zone? There needs to be a target one and a target two. Yeah, it's like a flagger one and flagger two in basketball. Yes, same That's thing. great. I have not heard that. If you want to give them the 15, still fine. So some of these warrant 15-yard penalties, no. But listen, if you want to keep it to, we're going to continue to work on making this game safer. Give them the 15. Keep them in the game. Because like 90%, that 90% of the hits I've seen this year. They're not unsafe. They're not unsafe. I agree with you 100%. And there isn't an intention to hurt. Like you and I grew up watching, 
you got knocked up on on Sunday night. If you watch like the the the, the show with yes. Boomer yes. and Jacked Up, you got jacked up. There jacked you go. Jacked up. You got jacked up, and we loved it. I mean, but those guys were literally center field safeties running a hundred miles per hour and and just lunging in the air trying to take someone's head off. 90% of the hits, even probably 95% of the hits I'm seeing in college football where the, the penalties being thrown, yeah. those aren't the hits. It's more of a, it's a bang-bang play. Runner, like, falls at a weird angle, and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's, you know, that's unfortunate for the defender. They're not an intent to hurt. The player should not be kicked out of a football game for 95% of these, so it needs to change. I think there's enough pressure right now coming from the outside world the media world the fans and i think there's even more of a pressure coming from coaches that we're going to see a change here soon it God, needs i to. hope so you're talking about kids i that, hope so. that work their entire offseason to play in some of these big time games who get kicked out for bang bang plays where they're trying to do the right thing and, and it's, it's the game's too fast things happen and and you know if someone is 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 trying to hurt someone. Yes, you can tell. There needs to be nuance. I love the idea of a targeting one or targeting two. And Dan Matthews brings up another great example from last weekend. Just the horrible inept officiating in the LSU Central Michigan game. The refs placed the ball on the wrong forty-five yard line. Yeah. Okay. So, and guess what? The worst part about the inept officiating is is that the coaches often take the blame. Like, Mike Leach is like, whoops, our fault. We should have done it. Ed Orgeron says, whoops, I'm sorry. We should have caught that. Hell no. It's not your job. The refs should do their job. their job. And the refs go, hey, sorry, guys. See y'all next week. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. The only, the only person in a football stadium on Saturday or Sunday that has zero zero need to perform their job correctly to show up the next week, and I'm including fans as well, are officials. Yep. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. You know it's not bad, Prize Picks. Absolutely love Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. We have Thursday Night Football tonight. We have Thursday night football. It's the Carolina Panthers off to a hot start against the Houston Texans. And look who's starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. Davis Mills from Norcross, Georgia. Greater Atlanta Christian School. Davis, I'm sure you're a great guy. But your first half prize picks passing yards is 102 and a half yards. It ain't happening tonight, bro. That Carolina defense is for real. I'm going to yep. go under Davis Mills, under, 102 under, and a half. Under, 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 Passing under, yards under. in his first half. Rushing yards, is he even on the rush board? No, I wish he was. Um, and, you know, d- just welcome to the big leagues, kid. He is a true rookie starting tonight versus Carolina, whose defense is stout. Could be a long, long what, night. What about our boy Justin Fields making his first start this weekend? 215 total in the game. What do you feel? Passing yards? Passing yards. Against I the Browns? I got to go under. I got to go under, too. I got to go under. Browns defense is legit. And Justin, you know they're going to use his legs, try to save him a little bit, run the football. How about Friday night? 
Malik Willis, who is getting a lot of love, Liberty's quarterback, transferred from – where did Malik Willis transfer from, Dan? He transferred from um, – I forget. It was a big big power five. Auburn. Auburn. That's yep. right. Malik Willis transferred from Auburn. Thank you, Dan Matthews. 228 and a half passing yards at Syracuse Friday night. Carrier Dome, ESPN. That kind of gives me worries, but he has been on fire. I like over Malik, Malik Willis, 228 and a half passing yards. Um, and Syracuse then, defense is good. They got two like all conference type cornerbacks there. I like Syracuse. What's his average been this year, Malik Willis? Well, he's been balling out like the past I know. two games. I mean, yeah, well, the past last year he balled out. I just want to see his average if he's up there because I like Syracuse's defense. Syracuse's offense is a whole nother story, which is crazy with Deba, uh, um, uh, Babers there as the head coach. But let's see. What is he throwing right now per game? If it's up there, I'm going to go under. He's going under. I'm going under. Malik Willis. Friday night, quick action, 220 and a half passing yards on prize picks right now. Aaron likes under. I'll go over. Let's talk about this Georgia-Vanderbilt game. We're going to pick it here in a couple of minutes. Georgia, just your average 35 and a half point favorite against an SEC team, if you want to call that, being Vanderbilt. But JT Daniels, 295 and a half passing yards expected on prize picks. Dude, they've been so efficient on offense. I really like the football that he's throwing. I was at the game last Saturday, Aaron. Very catchable. These receivers are running in stride. He's feeling it. Hey, if Kirby doesn't take him out of the game in the third series, I think <laughs> JT Daniels is going to go over 295 and a half passing yards against Vanderbilt. I do too. And and, and people are like, oh, they're just going to run the football, protect it. No, I think the, the goal is to continue to demonstrate to themselves, to the fans, to the coaching staff, continue to build trust in this passing attack, throwing the ball down the field, continue to see what these receivers can do. Uh, I, I don't see them just saying, hey, we know we're going to win this football game. We're just going to run the ball 40, 50 times, call tonight, and be done with it. Like They want to continue to get better and better throwing the ball down the field. So I'm with you. I'm going to go over for JT. But Ken Seals, Vanderbilt's quarterback, 167.5 passing yards. I guess this would really go to, is he going to play the whole game? You would expect it to. Um, but Georgia should be way up in the late third, fourth quarter. Do you pull your starting quarterback for Vanderbilt? He's at 167 and a half passing yards. I don't know. I mean, that's why price picks is tough sometimes. I'll go over. You're going to go over? I think, I, th- I think they'll keep him in the game. I think he may get, you know, a late drive. And, and, and as we know, Georgia's going to be up early and they're going to have to throw the ball. He's the best player on their team. They're going to have to throw the ball to, in their mind, to think that they have a chance to make this thing somewhat close. Which Connor Bazelak, my man, two hundred eighty-seven and a half passing yards this weekend for Missouri. I'm gonna go under, <sighs> going under Connor Bazelak, two eighty-seven. He, he doesn't have the guys around him. You know, I love him. He had a big game last week. BC's no joke on the road at BC. How about that, Eli Drinkwitz yesterday? What did he say in this game? He's like, guys, I just don't understand why are we playing Boston College. He literally came out and said, he's like, I have no idea why we do this. We don't recruit in Massachusetts. Yeah. Why are we going to Boston? <laughs> That's a question for your athletic director, I guess. There, I, I agree with him. Yeah. Like, what's the point of playing that football game? Yeah. So I, 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 I would agree with him as well. I mean, it's a pretty cool football game, I guess, for your fan base. If you guys want to jump up to Boston, which I'm sure it's beautiful weather. I was there this past Sunday. Um, yeah. But it's pointless. But no, under, under, under. Which I mean, God, Lee, I love that kid. He's so talented, but... He just doesn't have guys around him. How about the Wisconsin-Notre Dame game? It's in Chicago. We're going to pick it here in a couple of minutes. But Jack Cohn, the former Wisconsin quarterback, now leading the Fighting Irish, passing touchdowns, him and Graham Mertz both projected one-and-a-half passing touchdowns on prize picks. Uh, I mean, if I had faith in either of them, I would go with Graham to get two over Jack. Uh, I think Wisconsin's defense is going to suffocate Notre Dame a little really? bit. Really? Yeah. So Mertz over one and a half passing touchdowns. And Cone, you're going under because of the Wisconsin defense. I just don't think Jack is anything special. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, be honest with me, please. I'm going to be honest with you. All right, you're being honest with me. One more thing, rushing touchdowns. Zamir White, a half a rushing touchdown. This is where the value comes. And James Cook, a half a rushing touchdown. Either of those guys getting one. Zamir will get one. Zamir over one 
So, excuse me, over a half a rushing touchdown. I like that, too. I mean, get him down close, put Zamir in there. I think James Cook is going to have one as well. Zamir, over a half a rushing touchdown. James Cook, over a half a rushing touchdown. We think JT Daniels, over 295 and a half passing yards. Ken Seals, over 167 and a half passing yards. And Aaron Murray, special. Graham Mertz, over one and a half passing touchdown. Jack Cohn, fighting Irish quarterback, under one and a half passing touchdown. Prizepicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. I'm getting back on track this weekend because I need it. I need it in a big way. Come on, Prize Picks. Treat me like that MGM guy with the 15 leg parlay. I need some help. I need some help. All right, let's do the game picks. Week four on deck. Remember, I went 0 5 against the spread last week. I will not run from it, I will not hide from it. I'm a man of honesty and integrity. I went 0-5. That is unacceptable. I'm still over 500% on the season. 8-7 against the spread. My lock is 1-2. Aaron is 8-7 as well. His lock is 0-3. Time to right the ship. Let's dive right into that Notre Dame-Wisconsin game. Number 12, Notre Dame taking on number 18, Wisconsin. This game is at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. It's part of the Shamrock Series. 12 p.m. kickoff on Fox. This line stinks out loud. Stinks out loud. Wisconsin, minus six and a half. The total is 46 and a half. Aaron, you just said when we were breaking down price picks, you think Wisconsin's defense is going to suffocate the Fighting Irish. I just don't see how Notre Dame, undefeated, ranked number 12. Yes, they've played some close games. Should be catching six and a half from Wisconsin, who lost to Penn State at home. This line stinks out loud. I it, I hate I like Notre Dame so much with the points that I might have to take Wisconsin. That's where I'm leaning right now. <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense to me. This line does not make any sense to me. I I think if you go watch Notre Dame versus FSU, you watch them versus Toledo. Uh, Purdue was a great victory, so maybe they are getting a little bit better. But I just don't love this night, uh, fighting Irish football team this year. I really don't. Um, and I do like Wisconsin. That was a tough loss early in the season versus Penn State. They bounced back. I like Wisconsin in this football game. I think they, it's going to be a close game, um, but give me with the points. I think they win by 7-10. to 10. So you are laying the 6.5. I am laying the 6.5. Wisconsin minus 6.5, Aaron Murray. Okay, you just said it. And here's the thing I'm leaning towards. This is going to be a great atmosphere. Chicago, very much a Notre Dame city. And also, for all the people that couldn't get into Notre Dame that live in Chicago, they go to Wisconsin or Arizona State. So this is a great game. There is a ton of love for these two universities within the city of Chicago. Looks like the weather is going to be awesome, 70 degrees and sunny. I'm locked into this game at noon. I've got George on one TV. I've got this game on the other. Plus six and a half. Give me Notre Dame plus six and a half points. They, they should not be catching this many points, which scares the crap out of me because I'm sitting there going, Wisconsin might boat race it by 20. Like, yeah. this line makes I, no I'm sense. I'm telling you, Jack is not... Jack ain't it, so. He ain't it, but hopefully he's it by six points. So I'll take the six and a half points. This will be a really, really good game. And you say it could be a defensive battle, which I'm looking forward to tuning into. It should be a really cool atmosphere. I think game of the weekend is this next one right here. 100%. Number seven, Texas A&M taking on number 16, Arkansas. This game's at Jerry World. Uh, Dallas, Texas, Arlington, Texas, to be exact. 3.30 p.m. CBS kickoff. Our boy Brad Nessler will be on the call with Gary Danielson. Texas A&M, a five-and-a-half point favorite. The total is 47-and-a-half. Apologies for anybody that listens to any other show that I do this week. I kept saying this game's in Fayetteville. That's not the case. I found that out last night. <laughs> so that's poor preparation on my part. But uh, yeah, It should in- be, according to Sam Pittman, it should be to make it fair after they played... At A&M last year. Well, it but, should be. This yeah. game should be in Fayetteville. I totally agree. I think they're going to go back and have the discussion of making this a home-and-home home game. So I saw my boy Three-Year Letterman, a great Twitter follow. Do you follow Three-Year Letterman on uh, Twitter? I mean, just absolutely hilarious. He said, and I like to say defund referees, he said defund neutral site college football games. I, I do agree with that. Like, get rid of neutral site college football games. You, didn't like, you don't like Jacksonville. <sighs> you know, I, I just, I don't. I just don't care. I'd like to see it in Gainesville, and I'd like to see it in Athens. To this point, right? Never been to Gainesville in my life. Never been to Swamp in my life. Like, that bums me out. That, yeah. I, 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 I agree. I, that that atmosphere looked pretty damn awesome last week against yeah. Alabama. Wish, wish I could have experienced it. Wish I could have been there. But this game should be in Fayetteville. I love Arkansas plus five and a half here, and I know the entire country loves Arkansas plus five and a half here. So it's an exciting brand of football. 
I am going to go with it. I am going to stick with it. I can't buy into Zach Calzada. I can't buy into this very, very boring A&M offense. Ugh. Look, I know Isaiah Spiller is looking decent, but you know, g- give me the points, please. This is my lock of the week right here. Really? I'm going to take it before you do. Wow. Uh, Arkansas lock of the week right here. I would, the, the issue is the quarterback spot. You say boring offense, and it starts with the quarterbacks in this system. And, and Zach, Zach Calzada, to me, when you watch the film from week one to week two, did not improve on the things that I wanted to improve. His stat line did, but they're playing a, a completely inferior team uh, in, in New Mexico. So I love this Arkansas defense. I love their linebackers. They got a great safety. Um, they fly to the football and they can run the football, too, with K.J. Jefferson as the quarterback. So I, this is going to be a defensive struggle, super low-scoring game. What's the total points? 47 and a half. Mm. I mean, I'd go under the total here, too. Really? I mean, this could be like a— Because A&M's not scoring. No, yeah. A&M's not scoring. Yeah, this could be like a 20-13 to 13 type football game. Look at this. Um, I, I looked this up last night when we were prepping the show notes. I mean, Arkansas's— Average points for and points against in their first three games? 41-16. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Arkansas averaging 41 points per game, allowing 16 points per game. Rice is not good. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Georgia Southern, not good. But throw Texas in there. Yeah, what they did to Texas was impressive. Look who uh, A&M's played. Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico. They haven't played anyone. Yeah, this one could be pretty interesting. Give me the five and a half points. I love K.J. Jefferson. Dude's an exciting quarterback. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. 3.30 game. Looking forward to it. Staying the SEC. SEC East rivalry. Tennessee heading down to the Swamp to take on number 11, Florida. This game's at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Right now, Florida, a 19-point favorite. Man, that's a lot of points. The total is 63. Here are my initial thoughts. Florida with the moral victory last week. A physical battle against Alabama. A near victory. Highly emotional, reading the press clippings. Tennessee, can they get a late touchdown, backdoor cover? Can they make it somewhat close in the first half, make Florida sweat going into halftime? I just think this is too many points. I'll take the 19 points here. I think Joe Milton's back this week, right? He didn't play last week. Yeah, I think Hooker's going to be the guy. I hope Hooker's the guy. He's the better. Hendon Hooker's the better QB right now for Tennessee. So hopefully they go with him, throws a lot more catchable football. Um, so I, I'm hoping he's the one going forward. This offense is going to continue to get better and better. Uh, not super, super better, but at least they'll be a little bit more proficient, hopefully throwing the football down yeah, the field. Yeah, first year, Josh Heupel. you yeah. got to get the guys and rolling And what they bit. do well is they throw the ball in the perimeter with those those RPO screens, and that's exactly what Florida struggled with last week for Alabama, tackling on the perimeter. Tennessee's going to test that, test that early. Uh, I think they keep it close. And Tennessee's defense comes out guns blazing in the start games. They just don't have the depth in the third and fourth quarter to keep up. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a hangover. I always tell people, listen, it's easy to get super juiced when you're playing home against the number one team in the country. Like yes. you just you got all yes. this energy. Everybody everyone's juiced. ready. The fans are juiced. Fans and the team are you just don't have that same energy. It's nothing to do with the hangover from the past week. It's just you don't have the same energy and enthusiasm when a a not so good Tennessee Vol team shows up. That's the difference. Yeah. So you just don't give as much of a dang. Plus, it's a late game. You're in the hotel all day. Yep. You're kind of watching other games. Your mind's on other things. You know, when you're in that 3.30 spot, you wake up, have breakfast. Ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah, heading to the stadium. So I think all that throws off the Gators just a little bit. So give me Tennessee in this one. And that's a lot of points. It man. is a lot of points. A lot of points. And I don't know the health of Henderson still at quarterback. And this game's always close. Yeah. This game is always close. So Aaron I'll give you I- a little... Um, I mean, they beat USF by 22. USF is garbage. Garbage. And they beat FAU by 21. They're garbage. I think Tennessee's better than USF and FAU. So if that's only a two or three point difference in those games, this is your, what do you call it? A transitive property. Yeah, it's a weird transitive property here. But if USF and FAU can keep it within 22 points, 20, 22 points, I think Tennessee can keep it within 19. All right. I like that explanation. Aaron and I both on Tennessee plus 19. 
a Big 12 matchup, the ABC night game. West Virginia heading out to Norman to take on number four Oklahoma. This game's at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Oklahoma, 17-point favorite. The total, 56.5. I like the over here, over 56.5 points. Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler, got to find some consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Nebraska certainly gave them a little bit of a scare a week ago. Maybe the interception slash catch of the year to seal that game. But Oklahoma, be somebody one time if you want to boat race the big 12 as everybody expected you to you know get into the college football playoff make a threat for spencer rattler to win the heisman trophy it seems like lincoln riley whoever's the quarterback there has a chance to win the heisman trophy you have to take advantage in big spots like this i think this spot is too big for west virginia that's a lot of points though aaron 17 i'm going west virginia here oklahoma has not shown up this season and in, 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 in three games Look what they what look what happened to Tulane to start the season forty thirty five okay well listen it's it's first game of the season yep. they'll be fine obviously they had the blowout in week two against you know whoever that was high school football team Western, LIU Western no, that Carolina was, sorry, sorry that was uh, the LIU is uh, West Virginia keep yeah, going yeah so I mean you understand that one but then Nebraska played them super super tight twenty three uh, to sixteen that was a great football game Nebraska's not maybe, good. And Nebraska's not good. Yeah. Agree. So maybe this Oklahoma team is just not as good as we thought they were. 17 points is a lot. I love West Virginia's win last week for Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's a good football team. Um, that was impressive. I just don't think, like I said, I just don't know if Oklahoma is as good as we're making them out to be, unfortunately. Give me West Virginia with the points there. That's All right. a ton of points. Yeah, that is a ton of points. And I hear everything you just said. Night game in Norman. West Virginia coming off a big-time emotional win a week ago against a top-15 Virginia Tech team. Uh, I think it could be a slow start for the Mountaineers and possibly a fast start for the Sooners. I'll lay the 17. I'll, I'm going to close one eye. I'm going to lay That's the 17 with points. Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler, show up one time for me, please. One time for me, please. I think it's a little bit of a wake-up call for Oklahoma here in the national spotlight. They've had a two wake-up calls already this year. Oh, they're, not, they're, they're still sleeping. Here comes number Or maybe three. they're just not as good. Couldn't be an episode of Punt and Pass without looking towards some of these outrageous Georgia lines. Number two, Georgia. Heading up to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. Noon kickoff, SEC Network. I just, I cannot believe these point spreads, Aaron. Georgia, a 35-and-a-half point spread. The total's 53. That is so many points, but Vanderbilt is so bad. I don't know what to do here. I don't either. This is I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm going to take it because I don't think Vanderbilt's going to score. Yeah, so you're going to lay the 35 and a half. Yeah, yeah, Vanderbilt won't score. I think if they score, they'll they'll score. They're not going to score double digits. Yeah, I think it's like a 52 to 10 game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. 52 to 13, which again is a cover. Yes. And that 13 points will be because of a late touchdown. Yeah. But you heard Kirby after the South Carolina game last week. He's like, we didn't win the fourth quarter. So that there will be an impotence on that for Georgia heading into this game, regardless of who's on the field during the fourth quarter. Yep. He's saying we're not going to lose the fourth quarter. I agree with you. Vanderbilt is not getting into the end zone. So I'm going to lay the 35 and a half as well. You know, Georgia, you couldn't really ask for a much better start to the season. I had to be 100% honest with you on that. If you would have told me in March or June, hey, Georgia's going to beat Clemson and not score an offensive touchdown, I would have said you're out of your damn mind. But they did. So props to them. Props to them. All right, what's my flip the field special? I'm looking at the board right now, and um, I'm going to have to go with your game. I'm going to have to go with your game. Indiana, coming off that horrible loss to Cincinnati a week should've ago. Won. That was my lock. They should have won. I watched the entire game. Look, they're laying nine points at Western Kentucky. I'm not sold on Western Kentucky. My flip the field special, Indiana, minus nine against Western Kentucky. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? You're heading up north to Bowling Green. Yeah, thank goodness I don't have to get on a flight this week. So I am happy about that. Driving. Good for you. Any golf clubs? No? Yes? Oh, yeah. Where are we playing? I don't know yet. I don't know many courses in Bowling Green right now, so. We can find out. We're going to have to find out. We're going to do some we research. We can find Because my game's not until 8 out. o'clock, so I'm trying to. Oh, yeah. You got plenty of time. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a morning guy, so I like to wake up early, you know, get, on the, get out there about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. But it may be cold, though. That's the issue. I got to pack well for the. Dude, it's football season. Then I'll be done by 11, grab some lunch. Get to my hotel, watch football all day, and then go call my game. Poor guy. You know, you were complaining so much last week about being in L.A., earthquakes and travel troubles. Now you're talking about food poisoning. I'm going to go play golf in Kentucky by myself. Meanwhile, Sharon's at home with Maddox, and, 
you know. Listen, Maddox is at a great age right now where this is this is a good time. That's he's still taking two naps a day. Yeah, that is clutch. That's big time. He's fun. Like, Always fun. Out. Always fun. Little guy's fun. Head on over to Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT for a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. We have had tons of signups this season, so we appreciate the support. Let me know who you're picking. We just gave you all our picks. I'll put those picks up on social media this weekend at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Head on over to puntandpass.com for our blog, our picks, our YouTube, our merch, the number one destination in the world of college football. For Aaron Murray, I'm Drew Butler. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.